18th, please join us for the 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. worship services with our very own Pastor Joshua Joy Dara Sr. So be sure to make plans now and celebrate with us during these special events. Zion Hill Church family, making our world a better place. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256. Or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right. Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. And if you're searching for a church home, we invite you to be a part of the Zion Hill family. Meet Pastor Dara and Lady Elizabeth at the altar after the benediction or go to the church website and complete the information on the eChurch tab. Please join Pastor Joshua Joy Dara every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. for our online Bible school called Grace for Today or our in-church Bible school. Also, feel free to join us for our Friday night prayer service every Friday night at 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Now let's get our hearts ready to worship. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. This and good morning. My name is Minister Lily Bead, and I'm here to lead us in prayer. When I say lead us in prayer, I want everybody to come with me, all right? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord God, and we just thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and mercy, God. We thank you for your tender love and kindness, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you have forgiven all of our sins today. We thank you, Lord God, for the protection of your angels on the assignment of our homes. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we just love you this morning, Lord God. Father God, open our eyes, Lord God, spiritually, God. Open our hearts, God, so we can receive the word of God. Open our hearts, God, so we can be obedient to your commandments today. In the name of Jesus. Because you said in your word, obedience birth blessings. And we all want to be blessed today. Father God, we ask you to bless the great man of God for bringing the word to us, God. Father God, open our ears so we can receive what the man of God say. In the name of Jesus. For God, and Anoint our eyes, anoint our ears, anoint us today, Lord God, so yokes can be destroyed in our lives. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the word that's coming forth today. We thank you for our heart of obedience today. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you and I give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Zion Hill. Today is a good day to praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, to bless the Lord. 
soul to bless the, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth 
Can we open up that mouth and bless him this morning? Let's just go ahead and just speak things into this atmosphere. With our mouths, Father, we bless you. We magnify you. We thank you. We speak life to dead situations. We speak healing. We speak comfort. We do it now in the name of Jesus. And I worship and I praise. It's shifting, it's shifting the atmosphere till the heavens are open for breakthrough and healing. It's shifting. It's shifting the atmosphere Till every is broken I worship is shifting It's shifting It's shifting the atmosphere Oh, from breakthrough and healing I worship Worship is shifting, shifting, it's shifting the atmosphere, and it's moving, and it's breaking, I worship it's shifting the atmosphere, and it's So every, 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 every yoke is destroyed And every child is broken Our worship is shifting this morning It's shifting the atmosphere From breakthrough and healing Our worship is shifting It's shifting it's shifting the atmosphere And it's moving And it's breaking I worship it It's shifting the atmosphere It's shifting Oh, it's moving And it's breaking and say, I worship you. I worship. Yeah. It's shifting this atmosphere. Say it's moving. You can speak right where you are and say it's moving. Yeah. I worship you. Oh, it's shifting the atmosphere. The atmosphere where you are. Say it's moving. Oh, it's breaking. It's breaking. 
than to receive. Do you believe that? Let me try again. The Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Is that true or false? Please take note that the world has taught you and me incorrectly. And that's why many of us stay broke and we're struggling. Let me suggest that you try God's idea and see what will result. I want to give you a key to break from every financial struggle. It's up to you to grab hold of it. If you don't, it's fine with me too. My job is to deliver the mail. Whether you read it or not, it's on you. One songwriter got it. And he said, it's your season to be blessed. But that's not the whole song. He said, God gave you a promise. How many of you received the first phrase that it's your season to be blessed? Now, you have to say amen if you believe. It's my season. It's your season to be blessed. The next phrase, he said, God gave you a promise. How many of you know that God promised to supply all your needs? So far, so good. Sometimes the reason why we don't understand the Bible, we rush through it and miss the message. We said it's your season. In chapter 2, we said God gave you a promise. In fact, he gave you many promises. He said wealth and riches are in your house. I'm walking in it. Ain't no shame in my game. All right? So now I want everybody to walk in it. I know what it is to be poor. I can spell poverty. But there is a way to move out of it. He said, God gave you a promise. The next chapter says, You stood the test. That's the problem right there. Many people under the sound of my voice, you have not stood the test. And I hate to tell you, you will stay poor. That's how blunt it is. I'm a college professor. I see some more professors here in the house. They will tell you, you don't move to another grade until you pass the test. That's how simple it is. If you don't believe me, talk to Dr. Brown there. He'll tell you. It's so simple to go through school. Just pass the doggone test. And you move up. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, what is the test? It is so simple. He said, give. And it shall be given to you. And yet many of you come Sunday after Sunday, you don't give. Congratulations. You will stay in the land of poor. 
because you chose. This is a world church. I will remind you over and over again. But if you will learn to take the test and pass the test, God promised that he will supply not some of your needs, all of your needs. Don't call me and say, Pastor, I'm struggling. You cannot be a part of a church like this and be struggling. This has nothing to do with what kind of job you got. The Bible never said, oh, if you have five degrees. The Bible never said, oh, if you have a six-figure job or six-figure income. None of that is required. You can become rich in unemployment. Listen to your pastor. I'm begging you. You are smart. You can read. If you give, it shall be given to you. Then he told you what to expect. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Your cup running up. If you fail the test, another year, that's on you. I want the anointing of running over in this house. Don't look at your job. The world has been lying to you. It's not about what kind of job you got. Don't look at your situation. They've been lying to you because they want to keep you broke. They want to keep you struggling. They want to keep you living month to month. Break that cycle of poverty. Teach your children to cross over from a land of not enough to a land of more than enough. The Bible said it, and that songwriter said it. If you stood the test, it's going to pour out. The, the songwriter said he will open up the windows and pour out a blessing. It's your season. Say to your own son, it's my season. Don't believe what the devil said. It's my season. I saw it. I saw it with no dime in my pocket. No devil could talk me out of it. I love my wife. I won't listen to her. When it comes to giving, baby, we're going to give. If you don't like it, too bad. I'm poor. You poor. Both of us poor. And you're going to keep us stingy and we'll step poor. Oh no, the devil is alive. You know, no preacher, I didn't have no preacher to explain this to me. All I had to do is just watch my surrounding. Everybody in my house was broke. Everybody. From grandpa, it become a curse. I knew that's not the will of God. And God revealed it. He said, if you put seed in the ground, then you pass the test to expect a harvest. But too many of us, we're expecting harvest, but no seed in the ground. No seed in the ground. You believe in God, you're praying, 
Your prayer won't work. If you don't believe me, you've been praying since 1902. That ought to tell you there's more to this. What is the trick? Pass the test. And then God said, if you are still wumbling about it, test me. Good God Almighty, I feel like shouting already. He said, test me and see. You don't have to take the preacher word. You know what is missing? You don't trust God. And many of you have the audacity to come to the choir stand and say, it's your season, but you fail the test. Why will you sing what you don't believe? Why will you be preaching if you don't believe what you're preaching? I hate poverty. I hate it with all my heart. But if you don't believe me, talk to any farmer. If you put seed in the ground, it's just a matter of time. Your season will come. Did you hear what I said? I see you at the top. You don't belong to the right race. Leave all of them, they are them religious people. They come and tip God, but they expect great harvest. But the Bible says, the, the way you sow is the way you're going to receive. If you sow sparingly, you get a cheaper blessing. That's on you. What part of that you don't understand? God is my witness. There are times I had no groceries, no food to eat. And I still look at this woman. No, I'm going to die. If we don't have food, let's try fasting. God is faithful. Try God for yourself. You're going to find out. The Lord is good. I rest my case. The church gave you opportunity to do it. How do you do it? The ushers will come before you. If you don't like the ushers, take your phone. You can text it. This is some of you say, I don't want to see no ushers today. Fine. Some of you don't even want to see the preacher. That's fine. Use your phone. If you don't have a phone, use the church app. Go to the website. There's so many avenues to get everybody out of poverty for God's sake. Please obey God. The Bible said it and I believe it. If you're willing, is anybody here willing to be blessed? I raise the word of my But that's chapter one. You gotta go to chapter book. You got to read the whole book, if you're willing, chapter 1. That's right, chapter 2, obedience. Chapter 3, you eat the good of the land. What part of the Bible we don't get? Please don't be like these other churches. They are broke, they are struggling. I talk to their pastor. They think I have some food. Ain't no food in my hand. The Bible is your food. You better obey it. 
and watch yourself blessed, watch your children blessed, watch your children's children blessed, wealth and riches, they will stay in your house. Lord, I thank you for understanding. Thank you for the word of God. Grass may wither, the flowers may fade. Your world stands in any courthouse. It stands in the court of heaven. It stands. Help us, oh God, to learn to trust you. Help us, oh God, to learn to obey your word. Lord, I thank you. There are many who will cross over in this house to a land of more than enough. That's your name, El Shaddai, a God who's more than enough. You're not El Chipo. You didn't create us to be struggling. You made us to live in abundance. We receive that anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come. Let's walk in obedience. I'll see you at the top. As we get ready to give this morning, I want to see everybody on your feet. We're going to have some fun up in here. I said I want to see everybody on your feet. We're about to have some fun up in here. Now, we're about to sing a few songs for you. I want you to sing with us. Don't sit there and look at us. I want you to sing with us. We're going to clap our hands. We're going to swing from side to side. We're going to jump up and down. Well, y'all going to jump up and down. I ain't going to jump up and down. Well, we're going to jump up and down, and we're going to have a good time. Y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? Come on, let's worship. Let's go. Let me see everybody put their hands together like this. Come on. We're going to rock this way. Come on, lift them up. Let me see everybody put them hands together just like this. Lift the Savior higher. Lift them up. Lift the Savior higher. Why? Because he is worthy. We have come into this house. Come on. We've come into this house to worship him. Stay with us. We have come into this house to magnify his name. Come on. We have come. Come into this house to worship him. We have come into this house to magnify his name. Stop. For he is worthy. How many of you came to bless the Lord today? Let's say that. I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, speak the word over yourself. I will bless the Lord. That's a decision you gotta make. Say it again. I will bless at all times. 
Guess what? It's praises. And his praises. Come on, let me see you put them hands together. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Say it again. And his praises. Now don't say it in your testimony. And his praises. Say it with us. Let me hear you. And his praises. Shall continually be. Help me out, Soprano. And his praises. church real quick. Some old foot stuff in church. Old song says this. 
Say there's a limit Say In the world For it to be The old niggas just do like this Somebody said limit Does it cause you to clap your hands? It's just a matter of obedience. We ever learn to obey God, 
It's amazing the blessings from it. Please let me say thank you to all the church members for your praise report. I'm grateful and thankful to God for what He's doing in your life. So please, I want you to know that I'm rejoicing with you as you're sending the message. I'm praising God because every good and perfect gift comes from God. And the reason that you, you told me is because you recognize that God did it for you. So I am very, very grateful on your behalf and thank you. You inspire me to do even more. Because the more you share with me what God is doing in your life, is confirmation to me that the word of God works. So let's continue to believe God. And let's continue to enjoy the blessing of serving God. Also permit me to, to mention again about our church annual. Uh, I believe this coming week, going to be celebrating what God has done in this house for 99 years. Amen. So let me encourage you to do the following. Number one, pray. Pray that God will bless what he, he has started here. The book of Philippians Chapter 1, verse 6 says, He who started the good work. By the way, that was 99 years ago. He started this. Then the Bible says, He's able. See, each of those chapters is a sermon by itself. I can shout all day about God is able. I can preach all night. About what God started. Take your time. Never rush through the Bible. Each statement is pregnant. So don't, don't. I know Americans are always rushing. Take your time. The, the word of God is too precious. And then he said, it's not only able, he's able to finish what he started. You know, a lot of people start something, they don't finish. But the Bible says it's Alpha and it's Omega. It's beginning. So if he started, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> and then he said, upon this rock, I'll be my church. He said, not even hell can stand against me. Yes, I said it, hell. <laughs> I done messed up all those religious people. It's in your Bible. Just need to read it. Hell cannot stand against church. Y'all can talk about it. Y'all can put it down. You can talk about the members. But no, it won't stand. The church is still standing. That's the word of God. So let's come together this week. Let's celebrate it on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. 
of course, our guest speaker, by the way, is going to be a very good friend of mine. Uh, yes, helped me a lot in this church, more than you all ever know, uh, Senator Jerry Long out of Nacogdoches. He's an ordained minister, licensed, ordained. He's going to be here preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. God used him mightily to help your state. Some of you are involved in Northwestern. God did mighty things through that man. Your roads, a lot of things. And he's a preacher. Don't tell me what God cannot do. Hallelujah. We are excited about that weekend. Please don't forget about your your request to give to celebrate this anniversary. Uh, the tradition in this house is to give one dollar for every year of the church's existence. Amen. So because the church has been around for 99 years, amen, they are expecting you to give $99. And if if you don't have that much, don't lie before God now. I've seen people get killed for lying before God. Ananias and Sapphira was not killed for not giving. That was not their crime. Their crime is lying before God. Because God knows what kind of job you got. God knows your income. God knows your benefit. Not only does he know it, he made it happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so the Lord knocked him and his wife out for lying to the Holy Ghost. All right? So don't, don't, don't play with God now. You can play with me, but don't play with God. God don't play. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, if you don't have $99, you give what you got. Just be honest with God. And if you're blessed more than $99, let God know I'm grateful. You bless me. Amen. That's what it's all about. Because He did it all by Himself. All minds clear. Glad to see Mama Johnson back with us. She's been gone. Uh, Dickiness Johnson. I see Mr. Clarence Reed again in the house. Thank you for coming. He's running for District 2, I believe. I must be a smart politician. He comes to church. So after election is over, come to church. Somebody say amen. amen. You all know, you all know your pastor. Don't come during election. God is my witness. I went to an occasion and I met a gentleman. His name is Jim Villard or something like that. He's one of the councilmen. And I, I hope I pronounced his name right. And he came to me, shake my hand, and he said, you know, everywhere you go, somebody wants to hug you. I said, yes, I'm a blessed man. 
then he said, I remember coming to your church during election. And then he said, you told everybody, every, every politician that left during service, don't vote for them. He said, I was scared to death. <laughs> yeah, that's why I give you his name so you can check with him. He said, I'd never seen any preacher talk like that. But what you see is what you got. I've got to be honest with people. So he said, it's routine in this community. You just show your face once your name is called and you leave. I said, no, not, not in this neighborhood. I told your governor. He cannot leave. The governor of the state. And his side is behind right there. You got, you, you, you got to be honest with people. God will honor you. And God bless him. He won. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for being here, sir. Keep coming. He told me. I don't know the man, but he told me. He said, after election, I'm still going to be coming. That's what he said. It is on my So I hold him to. All minds clear. Ladies and gentlemen, please let's greet one another. It's always a good thing. So, by the way, some of you write to me about you scared of COVID and all that. I never read your letter. I threw it in the trash. So, so I'm just being honest with you. Get up. Say hello to somebody. Don't let a spirit of fear kill you before you die. You shall live and not die.
if you have your Bible with you, will you please stand with me as we honor God by reading the word. I am on, a, on an assignment and let me encourage you to pay attention and that's on you. The book is Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 the Bible says be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit Lord I thank you for your word Holy Spirit use my mouth to decree and declare what thus says the Lord I cherish your presence I value your help. And without you, I cannot do it. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. This is your show now. Help our hearing. Deliver us from our own self. Cause spiritual growth in this house. I thank you for it, for results, for manifestation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you on the subject titled, How to be Filled with the Holy Spirit. How to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Permit me to give you a background to this message. Every now and then I take you behind the scene to let you know what God is doing with your pastor. Currently, we are training a bunch of people to become deacons and deaconesses in this house. Specifically, there are 22 of them. It matters a few weeks that they will be ordained as deacons and deaconesses. And part of my assignment as your pastor is to train them before they are ordained. What do I train them about? I let them know about their own church. But more importantly, I share with them about their duties as deacons and deaconesses in the house of God. Also, part of that training includes letting them know the qualifications, biblical qualifications of being a deacon and deaconesses. So we've been working on it 
Say, for example, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says part of those qualifications is that a deacon must be a man or woman of good report. I've trained them about that. Also, the Bible says a deacon must be a person of wisdom. Believe it or not, I've trained them about these things. But one of the requirements of being a deacon or deaconess is somebody who is full of the Holy Spirit. When I got to that part, just like I meet with them every week, I was going to train them and school them. But the Holy Spirit told me, he said, no, I want you to teach this to the whole church. There are many people in the church, Christians, on their way to heaven, but they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit was so clear, he said, there are many children of God all over the city. Yes, I said it. Don't turn me off. All over the parish. They love God. They are saved on their way to heaven. But they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. So my assignment is to come not to teach the deacons and deaconesses alone. But to teach everyone in this congregation. And hundreds and thousands of people who are out there listening on radio, watching on television, live streaming, social media, call it. The heart of God is for everybody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The passage I read to your hearing, notice Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Ephesians, he has many subjects to discuss. He discusses about home, about family, about employment. I mean, so many things he discuss in that book. But before he talked about anything, the first thing he put before us, he said, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So today I want to tell you, who is the Holy Spirit? Come on, sir. I want to share with you what do we mean? I know you all grow up Baptists. They don't teach this thing in your churches. I know. I've been there. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And why do you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And then I will show you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I tell you, teachers like this, you can't miss it. The Lord give me grace to travel around. Go beyond the Baptist believer, the Methodist believer. The Lord deliver me from all that mess. So you are blessed to be hearing this today. Don't miss it. Who is the Holy Spirit? That's, that's where we're going to start. It's very simple. 
We all know who Jesus is because we heard that all of our life. Jesus is God revealed in the flesh. Say amen. amen. How do we know? The book of St. John chapter 1 verse 14. He said, the word became flesh. He's talking about Jesus. How we know it's Jesus? Because in John chapter 1 verse 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. Talking about Jesus. But then when you get to John chapter 1 verse 14, he said that Jesus, that word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we know that's true. We sing about baby Jesus. We know about Mary, how he got pregnant and virgin birth. So we know a lot about Jesus Christ. But then, who is the Holy Spirit? If Jesus is God revealing flesh, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God in spirit. Because Jesus, who is in flesh, can only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere Many places at the same time. So when people ask me, who is the Holy Spirit? I say, is Jesus unlimited? If you receive that, say amen. amen. Because he's a spirit, there's no limit to where he can be at any moment. He can be in China, Africa, United States, Europe, Asia. All at the same time. And if you pay attention to the Bible, he's been there from the beginning. You remember during creation, the Bible said, uh, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. That's Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And then he said, the earth was without form. He said darkness was in the midst of the deep. In other words, the whole planet was chaotic. Solid black. No life. Nothing going on. Then the Bible said the Holy Spirit moved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nothing was created until the Spirit moved. So the Holy Spirit has been there. All the time. If you study your Bible, you will see uh, King Saul. One day, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he started, believe it or not, he started to conduct the offering in the church. But the Holy Spirit didn't stay because the king did not wait for the preacher. The preacher that day was Samuel. Many of you, you are messed up in your life because you're trying to do pastor's job. It don't bother me, you know, as he get paid. But you mess yourself up. You need a preacher that will tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit left him. 
You have to learn to run in your own lane. Trying to help you to be blessed. David was another example. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And ladies and gentlemen, but you know the story, he fell in love with Bathsheba. And guess what? The Holy Spirit left. I'm trying to get you to know who the Holy Spirit is. His modus operandum. Many of you, you had him in your life. But you run him away. That's why David recognized what I'm trying to teach you in Psalms 51. He said, Lord, create me a clean. Renew the right spirit in me. He said, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. He knows what you Baptist folks are, are ignoring. He knows if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are in trouble. He cried out, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me. The joy of thy salvation. Renew the right spirit. You know what I'm trying to tell you? The Holy Spirit has been working all the time. Whether the Methodists believe it or not, that's no matter. Whether Baptists believe it or not, it don't matter. Whether you, it don't matter who you are. The Bible is true. If you don't believe me, talk to Samson. Hallelujah. Samson, you see, religion is a dangerous thing. I hate religion. I was delivered from the religion. Religion will say, oh, Samson was strong because of his hair. And when Delilah got his hair cut, and so. Can people be that slow? The secret of Samson's miracles is the Holy Spirit. Every time he does something significant, the Bible will say the Spirit came upon him. So I'm preparing you to know why you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reason why I speak with boldness is not me. It's the Holy Spirit. My own wife would tell me, say, when you get up there, it's like a totally different person. The anointing comes upon you. The Holy Spirit will cause you to fear no man. But every time Samson get out of the will of God, the Holy Spirit will leave. Are you all still here? So you need to know who is the Holy Spirit. No church can operate without the Holy Spirit. It's like Samson cannot function. He has no power without the Holy Spirit. Your church, any church, cannot function without the Holy Spirit. You see, you, you show me a church that is dead. I'll show you a church where the Holy Spirit has been kicked out. 
Don't call me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I got to also tell you a lot of what we call the Holy Spirit in the church is not the Holy Spirit. It's just your flesh, your emotion, having a good time. Notice in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit show up, people can mess him up. They can grieve him. They can quench him. And whenever that happens, whether it's in a church, whether it's on a person, he leaves. So be careful today. I will show you how you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. But be careful that you don't quench his spirit. That you don't grieve him. So that you can be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, the text says, don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why the Bible is saying that? Because those of us who knows this reality can, can testify. When you are drunk, don't look at your neighbor now. <laughs> you say, the preacher called me a drunk. Yes, you are. <laughs> when you are drunk, you are controlled. By what you drink. If you have enough of it. I had a brother like that. And when he get drunk, he come home. Just singing church song. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And then he would look at me and say, What you say, preacher? Oh, I want to punch him so bad. <laughs> but the, the Holy Spirit said, no, just leave him alone. He'll start a hymn and jump from verse 1 to verse 4. And then we'll look at me and say, what you say, preacher? So I had to calm down. Just, just let the Lord deal with him. And the Lord fixed it. Now you don't have no money to get drunk. <laughs> True story. And whenever I, I was sending money, I put a, a disclaimer. Do not use this money to get drunk. If not, you'll be dead. I said, because this is God's money. This is not my money. And I scare him. So you stay away from me. <laughs> oh, I love my job. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth be told, everybody is full of something. <laughs> oh, I'm going to preach this gospel. <laughs> Some of you, you're full of mess. But the Bible is suggesting don't be full of alcohol, don't be full of drugs or all this other stuff, but be full of the Holy Spirit. Some say 
I thought when I was born again, the Holy Spirit came inside of me. Good news. That is absolutely true. Even the Baptists get that. Congratulations. The moment you come to Christ, you say you're born again. Guess what? The Holy Spirit moving. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19 says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If I ask you how many of you are born again, I'm sure many of you will raise your hand. If I flip the child, put it in another way, how many of you are saved that you know you're on your way to heaven? Many of you will raise your hand. Well, I've got good news for you. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that the day you're born again, the day you got saved, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. There's a resident in all of you who are saved here today. His name is the Holy Spirit. But there is a difference between indwelling of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The problem with many Christians is that you have the Holy Spirit in you. He dwells in you, but you are not full of the Holy Spirit. Let me, it's very simple. The Lord gave me gift of making things simple. See, every now and then, if I ask my staff to say, give me a cup of water, and I drink the cup of water, where is that water? In me. The Holy Spirit is like that. When you got saved, it came inside. But supposing... In my house, I have a swimming pool. Supposing I get home today and I jump inside the swimming pool. Is the swimming pool in me? I am in the swimming pool. There's a difference between the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and you being full of the Holy Spirit. You being filled with the Holy Spirit. What is missing many Christians' lives? The Holy Spirit inside of them, but they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. The truth be told, every believer has the Holy Spirit in them. But not every believer is filled with the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, in other words, I'm saying to you in another form, when you are born again, the Holy Spirit became a resident. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit became the president of your life. Huge difference between the two. When you are saved, he comes in automatically. He becomes a resident in your life. But when you're filled, he becomes a president. You know what a president does? He rules. He reigns. So if you're here today under the sound of my voice, I don't care what you call yourself. 
I don't care how long you've been saved. If the Holy Spirit is not ruling your life, you're not filled. Are you still here? And then there are some of us, you are filled, but it's like dealing with a balloon. You know a balloon? You've, and it's big. And then, if you're not careful, the air begins to come out of it. So you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But the more you give into the flesh, the more you deflate the balloon. That is why many of you under the sound of my voice, you, it's not a question of being filled. You need to be refilled. I'm taking my time now. So whether you need to be filled or whether you need to be refilled, Today, don't miss the opportunity. Let me give you examples of people in your Bible who are filled and refilled. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67, you see the story of Zacharias. He's a preacher. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to prophesy. See, there are benefits for being filled you know how people say, I married the wrong person? You cannot marry a wrong person if you're filled. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Part of his job is to guide you. Part of his job is to protect you. Part of his job is to give you boldness on your job. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, Jesus himself was filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Before he went into the wilderness to be tempted, he was full of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, common story on the day of Pentecost, guess what? The Bible says, all, everybody was filled with the Holy Ghost. By the way, that's good news. I wish I get a chance someday to preach that because... Uh, it's not for some people and not for others. Everybody under the sound of my voice, if you've been born again, you qualify to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, Acts chapter 4 verse 8. Those of you who are preachers listening to me, you see there, Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he preached and 3,000 people got saved. So, not in Zachariah's situation, Holy Spirit got him power to prophesy. In Peter's situation, Holy Spirit got him power to proclaim the world. So much that 3,000 people come running. What must we do to be saved? Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say to you is that the Holy Spirit is good for you. In Acts chapter 13, verse 9, you see again, the Holy Spirit came upon Paul. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you see why we need every deacon to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The churches are full of people, where I think, where in my opinion, who? 
Your opinion? What stupid opinion? Do you, do you have wisdom of God? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? That when you speak, you speak as an oracle of God. Philip, an ordinary deacon, went to the city of Samaria and turned it upside down. Because it was full of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, to be filled with the Holy Ghost means you are dominated by the Holy Spirit. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit. You are, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, Every Christian are meant to be full of the Holy Ghost. Can I be brutally honest with all of us? Human beings are not meant to depend on their human strength. Let that soak in. If I tell you how many things I do within 24 hours, you would never believe it. But the secret, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You are a human being. You are not meant to depend on your human strength. You will run out. You won't make it. Every Christian is created to be power assisted. Do you hear what I said? See, I'm from, I'm from Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, we were not as, as, as blessed as you are here, but the Lord is, is, is leveling the plain view. When I was coming up, we have automobiles, but our automobile, you have to, there's a thing you have to, that's how you study. You open the engine part, you stick your big eye on it, and you want it. And you better have some strength. <laughs> After a while, you <laughs> that's, that's how I run my automobile. But when I came to America, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Then I discovered there are automobiles you don't have to. All you need to do is press a button. That, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm saying to you, you are not meant to be struggling and doing it in your physical strength. The Holy Spirit is, is your power. There's something, oh my Lord. How when I discover something called power steering, if you ever drive a car in my neck of the wood, you got to fight it. I mean, you take off your shot. <laughs> you fight the automobile. He don't want to talk. You go to talk. We're going left now. But here come power steering with one finger. 
every now and then my wife would say, put both hands on the steering wheel. I said, baby, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it is fun <laughs> to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You begin to have what we call sweatless victories. Some people, too many Christians are struggling, are sweating. The Holy Spirit is the power to assist you. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I can teach you this thing. See, I'm a musician from Africa, you know. I was, I, I made, I was famous. I know you all don't know this. I, the, the Negro was famous. I had a choir of more than 150 members. That's the blunt truth. And guess all I had was a small organ. And my organ, you have to pump it. Because you've got to pump air to it to make it stand. So while you're pumping it, then you have to play at the same time. And then I came to America. And they showed me the piano. I was looking for the pump. They say, all you need to do is just play. I say, you got to be kidding. <laughs> and sure enough, I run my finger in that thing. Run, run down. I say, Lord, have mercy. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You've been punishing yourself trying to do things by yourself. You need the Holy Ghost to power you. Are you still here? Ladies and gentlemen, what do you need the Holy Spirit for? Part of his job is to guide you. I get tickled when people will say, Pastor, you're very smart. No, don't, don't be fooled. I rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me. He will give you what we call gifts of the spirit. Like miracles. Like faith. Like healing. Tongues. All kinds of gifts. Then he will give you fruits. Hallelujah. Fruits of the spirit. Joy. Peace. While everybody is freaking out, you're chilling because something on the inside. Hey, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me make this. Too many Christians are struggling. Too many Christians are sweating. You know how you put makeup on and don't stick? Because you are stressing yourself. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. There is a present help in time of trouble. I will submit to you today, Holy Spirit is our help. That's what the Bible says. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you wisdom. He will give you power. Do you hear what I say? Power. I cannot walk right on my own. 
You give me 24 hours, I'll do something crazy. I say so. I'm going to curse people out. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. He will show you how to walk. He will show you how to talk. He will help you to love people. Who, do you know some people are not likable? No, don't lie to me. You have to work with them, but you know. Sometimes I have to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to love this. You know what I'm trying to say to you? All of us need the Holy Spirit. The sad thing right now is that many Christians, they are suffering because they are passive, because they are lukewarm. They are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Even pastors, lukewarm pastors. Even choirs, they're busy working on parts. High cold choir. You know what's missing? Holy Spirit. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. Somebody said, without God, you could do nothing. You need God's power. That is why Acts chapter 1 verse 6. I've got to hurry up. How you have to come at 10 o'clock if you really want to know? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, you shall receive what? Power. How does chapter 1? How do I get power? Chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not in you, upon you. <laughs> Chapter 3, there you shall be witnesses. The problem is that many Christians, you try to be a witness without power. I hear the choir say, will you be a witness? I want to write another verse. You better get some power. If not, the devil will whoop. whoop. Devil will say, Jesus, I know. Dirty, I know. Who the hell are you? You shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, then you can be a witness for the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark chapter 1 verse 8 says, John talking, he said, I baptize you with water. That baptism is for repentance. He said, but there's somebody coming after me. I'm not even big enough to carry his sandals. Guess what he will do? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. In Acts chapter 19, verse 2, Apostle Paul was traveling. And then he got to Ephesus. And then he saw some believers there. So you can be a believer. 
Because people, you come to me and say, it's about soul, soul, soul. And I'll be thinking, I say, what planet did these people come from? What about maturing you? What about empowering you? Where does Christian maturity And then you see churches full of dead Christians. They're on their way to heaven. They are saved. I will see you in heaven. But you're not effective. This is why Paul, he is not talking about non-Christian. He met believers in Ephesus. And then he asked them, have you received? Since you believe, since you've been born again, you're born again, all right. But then what have you received since you've been born again? And those precious people say, nobody even told us. That's the problem with churches today. So what I'm teaching you today is Greek and Hebrew in many churches. They don't even talk about it. But we need the Holy Spirit. Let me say this and I'll let you go. How do I get him? Pay attention. I didn't come for entertainment today. Number one, you got to set the atmosphere. Did you hear what I said? Create the atmosphere. You know, if you don't want something, you can make sure you don't create the atmosphere for it. A friend of mine was telling me she saw snakes. And I'm thinking, huh, somebody created an atmosphere for snake. And if you don't want snake, all you need to do, there are some things you can buy in store and run them out. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. You can create the atmosphere to come in, for him to come in. You can create the atmosphere to run him out. It's up to you. <laughs> you, you find some rats in your house? Somebody created an atmosphere for rats in the house. Don't go fight your wife when you get home. But believe me, somebody created the atmosphere for those rights. Likewise, you can create an atmosphere that makes the Holy Spirit welcome. In other words, you can simulate heaven in your church. Help me, Holy Spirit. You can simulate heaven in your house. You can get in your car. If you want the Holy Spirit to come in, you can set the atmosphere. In your shower. Some of you, all you want to do is just fight and argue and call people names. The Holy Spirit will never come into that house. You can call yourself born again all you want. You are a lying devil. Create the atmosphere. 
And may God welcome in your house. Number two, you have to make sure you experience what we call brokenness. Do you know what it means to be broken? The Bible talks about people with contrite heart. The Holy Spirit is looking for you. Number three, you need light. Everywhere there is darkness. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 says, turn on the light. You know how you do that? By searching the scripture. By meditating on the word of God. You remember uh, the Ethiopian, you know, the African was traveling. And he was searching the scripture. He really don't know what he was doing. He, he created an atmosphere. He was broken. And he was searching. The Holy Spirit said, Philip, go find him. Ask yourself, when was the last time you created an atmosphere? In your shower. In your car. In your office. Let me say this, I'll shut up. I see my officer standing there. You have to learn to ask God for it. It's not enough to create the atmosphere. It's not enough to turn on the light. It's not enough to be broken. You got to ask God for it. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, Tell me who among you, if your child asks you for something, you will turn around and give him a snake instead. Then God says, if you are evil, you learn to do good things for your children. How much more? Anyone who has God for the Holy Spirit. He said, God will never deny you. Did you hear what I said? And all you need to do is like autopilot. When he comes in, you will know. He will take over. All you need to do is let him ride. You cooperate. Let me say this. Now shut up. What I'm sharing with you today is not cheap. You know what I'm trying to tell you, church? My dear Baptist friends, it will cost you. You know why many people are not filled with the Holy Spirit? They don't want to pay the price. We live in a generation we want things for nothing. There's no such world. If you don't labor for it, if you don't work for it, it will never work. Paul said, my body bears the mark. I got the scars to prove it. You show me a man or woman who is anointed and the power of God is moving in her, in him, 
I'll show you somebody who has paid dearly for what he got. I'm going to ask all of you to stand. He said, if you ask, it shall be given to you. The amazing thing about the Holy Spirit, he wants to dwell in us. He wants to fill every one of us. Many times I messed up and I can see like David, the Holy Spirit living. That's what I need to do. I need to be refilled. How do you get revealed? How do you pass any test that you fail in school? Retake. Create the atmosphere again. Be broken. Contrite heart. Allow him to take over. There's something called not my will. But that will be done. I want to pray with you if you're here. I don't know if, if you're like me, you just need refilled. I don't know if you're here, you just need to be filled. By the way, let me tell you, don't let people lie to you. You don't have to speak in tongue to be filled with the It's just one evidence. It's not the evidence. you hear you say pastor yeah I'm saved pastor I've been baptized with water like John said he said I baptized you with water but that's for repentance but there's somebody coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and if that's your your heart desire today I want to say a quick prayer the reason why I say quick prayer is because I don't want you to think the pastor baptized you. Only God can bring light into a valley of death. But if you are sincere about it, you say, I want that power. I want that wisdom. I want that direction. I want God to lead me. I want God to guide me. I want him to direct me. You are the one God sent me to find your way to the altar. God is what I was just a Baptist boy. That's all I knew. But then I discovered there is more about God. And just coming to Sunday school, I said, Lord, help me. Help me. I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I don't know America. I'm not from here. I cannot pastor these people. If you don't help me, I will crash the car. Somebody else is coming
Hallelujah. Lift your hands towards heaven. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I want your Holy Spirit. You promised if I ask for him, you will give him to me. I want the Holy Spirit. I want him to lead me and guide me and help me Help my children, help my house, help my family. Forgive me, Lord. And thank you for this opportunity. By faith, I believe and I receive the Holy Spirit. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Amen. This is what has happened. He was inside of you. You've been carrying him around because you are born again. Now you are asking him to take the lead instead of just being a resident to become the president of you. And I'm trusting him. Don't worry about the cost, about the price. Believe me when I tell you. If you don't believe anything I ever told you, believe this one thing. The benefits outweigh all the cost. The devil will be reminding you, well, since you said you want the Holy Spirit, look at what is happening. But don't believe. Take the Lord with you. Everywhere you go. He will make you stand out among your peers. There were many deacons. But Philip was full of the Holy Ghost. Stephen was full of Holy Ghost. And when those people say something. When they do something. All of heaven. The heavens were open to a deacon, a deacon, because why he was full of the Holy Ghost. You don't need politicians in the church. That's not what you need. You need men and women who are full of wisdom, who do their best to have good reports, who are full of the Holy Ghost. Every young kid wants to grow up to be like them. Every young girl wants to look up to women like that. That's what the world needs today. Good room within the Lord. And I pray that God will give you the grace to walk with him and talk with him. And let him lead you, let him guide you. Let him empower you. He'll give you the boldness to stand before kings and queens of this world and decree and declare what thus says the Lord. And believe me when I tell you, I made that decision long time ago. I was called everything but a child of God. 
but look who is loving today. Don't worry about what anybody say about you. Don't worry about the posting on social media. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. He is so interested. He will help you to choose who you're going to marry. He will help you to choose your next job. He will help you to lead on your, on your place of employment. He will help you in every area of your life. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you're here today and you're looking our church home. We want to be a part of what God is doing. After the benediction, I will ask that you please come forward. The pastor and his wife will be standing here to receive you. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, the love of God, gets the next chapter. The communion of who? Holy Spirit. You need more than just Jesus. He came. He died. He's gone back to the Father. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 8 there are three witnesses on earth. The blood that's Jesus. The water that's baptism. Water baptism and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says all three of them are on the same page. Thank you for your courage to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. May God grant you the desires of your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. New members, new believers, come forward.